Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Charlie Kirk Show. We have a great treat. I sit down at length with the editor-in-chief of Breitbart.com, Alex Marlowe, a dear friend and a clear thinker. We talk about all things big tech, uh, the rise of tyranny in our country, both within government and in corporate America. Uh, we talk about the state of the conservative movement and so much more. Alex is so smart. He hosts uh, Breitbart, uh, Sirius XM Daily. I, I encourage all you guys to check it out for three hours. He wakes up in the middle of the night to get ready for that show. Uh, I'm honored to be able to go on it so uh, every so often. He publishes a lot of our work on Breitbart. Breitbart has been ahead of the curve on tech, on immigration, on the rise of populism in our country. He's, he's again, I have to say this, he's a true patriot. He's in it for the right reasons. So few people are. So buckle up, enjoy this exclusive sit down with the editor-in-chief of Breitbart.com, Alex Marlowe. You're going to enjoy this. This is probably one of the, my favorite intellectual conversations that I've had in quite some time, if not my entire time at Turning Point USA. In fact, I could have gone for another hour, hour and a half. So enjoy. Mike, sit down with my friend and the editor-in-chief of Breitbart.com, Alex Marlowe. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Now, before we get into it, I know I just teased you with it. Please email us your questions. Freedom at charliekirk.com. Freedom at charliekirk.com. Uh, type in Charlie Kirk Show, your podcast provider. Press subscribe. Give us those five-star ratings. Leave us a review. I know you guys are at the edge of your seats. You want to listen to this. So now, truly, but any further ado, now that you're subscribed to The Charlie Kirk Show, enjoy my sit-down with Alex Marlowe, editor-in-chief of Breitbart.com. All right, we are joined by my friend and American patriot, someone who has really had a lot to do with the successful MAGA movement who runs a phenomenal news organization, Breitbart, editor-in-chief of Breitbart, Alex Marlowe. Um, I got my political start writing for Breitbart.com, the first organization that would actually publish me as a senior in high school when I wrote Liberal Bias Starts in High School Economics Textbooks. Yeah, it, your story is so amazing, Charlie, and thanks for yeah. having me on the show. And uh, you do a great job when you fill in for me and my SiriusXM You're, morning show. Thank you for allowing me that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, we love having you because you, you've got a real interest in depth of knowledge, which is which is crucial at this moment. We don't just want the talking points. Um, but your story is so amazing because I spent, I don't even know if you remember this, we spent a day together in South Carolina at a tea party. And we were hanging out and a, a lot of the, I emceed the morning, and then we can all hang out at a, at a restaurant. And we sat there for like five, six hours. And I was thinking, this kid's an up-and-comer. He's going places. And you were just a little too big for me to hire you at Breitbart. I wanted to hire you. But you, you, Turning Point was just a little bit too far off the ground. You say, I'm going to see this through. And then now we're at your event today. There are 5,000 kids here. It's every politician in the world that either is here or wants to be here. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, thank you, Alex. It's been fun. So talk about – I have so much I want to talk to you about. Um 
What is the state of the conservative movement right now? Um, I, I like where the conservative movement's at right now because of Donald Trump and everyone wants to take credit for Trump or be a part of Trump world. And Which is I, fine in some sense, but it's also frustrating, it, I suppose, it, right? It, it can be, but I, I'm more focused on the unity element of it. I feel very confident that even though we all have a bone to pick here or there with a part of the movement or a part of the agenda or a part of the execution, I, I think people get the stakes now. I think that the people in the uh, conservative circles, not just in the elite punditry class, but really just in local communities, uh, just uh, people who are engaged online, people get the stakes right now and they get that Donald Trump is the vessel to bring yes. meaningful change. And sometimes that change is actually a restoring of traditional values in some cases. So uh, I'm not just this fetishizing change. Uh, a lot of it's actually trying to take a step back. Um, but it's a, I, I think, because of that, we're in pretty good shape. Well, and I, I think it's, it's really interesting because you ask some people, they think, well, the conservative movement is fine right now. Yeah. I think it's the best that's been in my lifetime. Yeah. And there's a lot of reasons for it. Trump being the main one. Right. But also there was an infrastructure pre Trump. And this is what I, Breitbart was the harbinger of Trump before Trump. And Andrew was Trump before Trump. I never met Andrew, but I've, read everything that I can get my hands on. <laughs> Not everything's ever written, but you know, righteous indignation, watch hating Breitbart more times than I can remember. He was a rebel within the movement and was also giving oxygen to voices that otherwise wouldn't have been in the traditional pundit class. So when I met Andrew, it was on the, uh, uh, it was at a event similar to this about 11 years ago. And he gave a speech about how the culture is upstream from politics. He gave a speech about how uh, you really need those people who are very aggressive. He usually is, is this, is, is, am I allowed to use any foul language on this? I can avoid it. You try to. I'll avoid it. We but, actually do have like eight and nine year olds that listen. So I try to avoid it. It's perfect. not Joe Rogan. Uh, you, so. you know, I do my show the same way. So so it's the so, but Andrew did use a uh, it, with a vulgar Andrew esque explanation suggested that we really need rabble rousers at the forefront of the movement, and they need to be involved in the culture. They need to be involved in media. Mm-hmm. They need to be, and if they're so inclined, even in education or sure. uh, or academia, which I know that you were very focused on that at a, at a, in a bygone era, Charlie. Uh, and the and he was right on the money about this, and in the room of engaged. 20 something young activists that I was in, I think I was the only one where the message really took, where I really thought, like, yes, this guy gets it. Like, he understands how the left is beating us. They're not beating us with politics. They're beating us with these institutions, mm-hmm. with the media, with the culture, with, uh, you know, the, with, 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 with the press, with the entertainment world. And now we all think of it mm-hmm. and we all agree on that. And we all think that we came to it on our own. Yeah. We didn't all come and to look, it on our it's own. It's really easy to parrot some very particular themes, but it's hard to, it's hard yet important to realize where they come from. Yes. So I'll use these examples. And I've said this on your show before, and I'll say it on here. A huge issue right now is tech, tech censorship. Right. Who was on this issue two and a half years ago? Breitbart. Who was on the immigration issue before anyone else? It was Breitbart. Who was on the issue of ending these stupid and ridiculous foreign wars overseas where we have no end in sight? And it was Breitbart. Now, Trump would go on Breitbart with no reservation and he would call into the Saturday show, he'd call into your show. And you can make the argument, Trump's political philosophy was informed by Breitbart. He loved Andrew, he tweeted positively about Andrew yes. quite frequently. And what what I'm really happy to see, though, is a challenging of the orthodoxy and the dogma within the Republican conservative circles that had never, ever been challenged pre-Trump. 
Yeah, yeah. And so I, I just gave a speech uh, at your event, and I the centerpiece was Andrew and the lessons of Andrew. And one thing that the media does is, and I cited a, a man named Fredo. I don't think he needs any further. From Godfather? Well, actually, the other one, the new one, the one from CNN. Oh, the, the And uh, how he I'm thinks- I'm sorry, I you actually meant from the Godfather. Yeah, well, in a way. No, no, I was referring to CNN's Fredo. And Fredo, who summed up the appeal Trump makes to, Ma- to MAGA America as- uh, us good, them bad. That's the way Trump frames it. Now, I'm looking at your book here. You've got a book here on the the, the MAGA doctrine. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that's not. There's no that's, us good, them bad. That's not it at all. No, no, exactly. The, the the challenge of the Trump presidency and the miraculous feat that he tried to undertake is something that I talk about in this book. And we're not here to necessarily talk about it. But how do you turn around a civilization in decline? Right. Has that ever been done before? Yeah. And it has. It's very rare and very hard. So his whole message gets intentionally mischaracterized by the media, which is civilization renewal. Right. It's almost as if there was an acceptance by the Obama, Bush, elitist circles, classes of both parties that we're going to manage the decline of America and take our seat in the world community, but our little pockets are going to be okay. Right. Manhattan and Malibu will remain unaffected. Illegal immigration doesn't affect us. Right. Our kids go to private schools. Yes. Tech censorship doesn't affect us. It's a yeah, and that's a huge frustration coming from Los Angeles. How the 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 same people who ensure that there's widespread illegal immigration are the same ones who try to pull their kids out of the unusable school systems, which have been ruined by illegal immigration. No, but they live in Malibu. So, right, it doesn't yeah. affect them. It's a good point. It's a it's a very good point. But I think that the connection you're drawing, which is so crucial, is that uh, the the wisdom behind Trumpism and a lot of it stemming from the stuff that Andrew taught us, which is using yes. humor, using aggression, using fearlessness, not being afraid to bring back mockery and ridicule. Now, I'm not a big mocker or ridiculer unless people I'm start not either. Really, yeah, yeah but, I, but actually, that's not my style, but. But the, but the tactics say okay for me because they do it to us constantly, 24-7, mm-hmm. that we are getting dunked on on their late-night television shows. And so now we're doing some of the dunking back, starting with Andrew and now Trump, who is the slam dunk master. And and that's great to me. That That is a – we are using any that's tactics exactly at our disposal. Right. Well, and the way Trump views it is he'll watch the late-night comedy shows and he'll see how they treat him. Yes. And his analysis is correct and that's the same as Adam Schiff. They're inseparable. They're part, they're basically the late night. Schiff was on Colbert, if not the night of impeachment or right. the night before. So it's I the mean- same infrastructure. So he says, I'm, pre- I'm president. I'm going to fight back. Yeah. Now they'll say, well, that's not presidential. He says, wait a second. Their infrastructure is killing me. Right. Because there's no separation there. I'm, I'm going to take the gloves off and I'm going to. Punch back twice as hard. Yes. As Obama used to say. And the other thing that I think people are not appreciating with Trump is, uh, that his ideology is actually very solid. It, That's it, exactly it, right. And it's very easy to track. And this is where... Explain that, please, because yeah, he's it's never, one of the most ridiculous criticisms he gets. Sure. And I'll just go off the top of my head, but there's really... He was ahead of the threat of China, for example, if you read Trump's books. Since 1980. So he's been and talking about... The Art of the Deal. He the Art of the Deal. He talks about it. He was... Uh, it's a... He was very sensitive to how globalist trade deals are gutting the middle of America. He was bringing that up at the beginning. He was the only person of all of the candidates in the 2016 race on the Republican side, thus both sides, who campaigned on the same or lower immigration levels. Everyone, even Ted Cruz, who's next best on the issue, wanted increased legal immigration. Now, uh, this is something that's amazing, that these are not things that he stumbled on. This is not him going on a comedy jag uh, on at, at a rally. These are 
actual ideals. Of course, he wants lower taxes, uh, construction as judges, First Amendment, Second Amendment. I mean, it's all very clear and easy to track. So it is policy-wise, he's been largely very consistent. And yet, you turn on CNN, us good, them bad. That's all he's all about. And Charlie, please, I hope they never change because this is how Trump's going to get 400 electoral votes. This winter, start a new routine to upgrade your everyday life with a monthly box of awesome from Bespoke Post. I can tell you this is a pretty cool program, so listen closely. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. So whether you're looking to commemorate an occasion with champagne or toast perfectly aged winter cocktails, Box of Awesome has you covered. From style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear, Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. I can tell you, a lot of my friends use Box of Awesome for Christmas. They used it because they heard about it on this show. We got great response. So here's what you do. You take a quiz. It's personalized. Everyone gets a different output. Your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. It's boxofawesome.com. Each box only costs 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. So you basically get free money. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter that code Charlie. Tell them that we sent you at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code Charlie for 20% off your first box. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. And so I grew up in a conservative movement where Mitt Romney was the first nominee that I was really involved in. So understand the a nominee a yeah. party chooses for a young person, that's like the standard bearer Absolutely. ideologically, right? You're 18 Even years for older old. People. You know what I'm saying? Like that you're 18 years old, you look to that as the top, your spokesperson. So what did Romney always talk about? Well, his idea of getting tough on China was we're going to have a tough meeting and we're going to maybe refer them for currency manipulation. Sure. Like, yeah, we're going to st- yeah. submit a strongly worded letter to the IMF. And he was all about corporate tax rates. And I agree with all that stuff. Of course I do, right? But there was never any space in the Romney Republican Party for any conversation about ending foreign wars, about challenging orthodoxy, right. about bad trade deals, sure. or immigration, forget about it. Oh, and, yeah. and it and came across as, when he talked about it, it came across as so inauthentic. Like, this guy believed one thing one day and one thing another. And again, he was the best in immigration of the lot, and thus he got nominated. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's an amazing thing, that this was something that we got at Breitbart very early on that Trump also got, that immigration has been the number one issue. And you still believe it is the number we, one we issue. We still believe it's the number one issue, absolutely, especially because the left has been so adamant about shutting down this portion of the president's agenda. Uh, luckily, he's had a couple of breakthroughs this year with getting some of the wall funding from the def- the, fe- the defense department and in particular the remain in mexico uh policy which has been a huge relief not just for the country yes but for a lot of the people who are on the front lines at our border that this means that they don't have to deal with the most challenging thing they have which is these families that come up or in many cases fake families um and they don't have to deal with that as much because mm-hmm. of remain in mexico so we're on the right track there but that's been the biggest slog for trump i think the first four years 
And that is because there is such a big divide. You heard Buttigieg at the last debate saying he wants <laughs> – sometimes you can add extra. Like, right. it, who's going to stop it too? I don't stop it too. It's a, it's a, he can't tell me what to do. The, so he, he, he literally said we need to not just have amnesty for illegal aliens, meaning they come here and they basically get a check. Uh, but then they need to be on a fast track to citizenship in the last debate. So mm-hmm. meaning they should be prioritized over people who might be qualified, who might be waiting in line, who might, I don't know, if we, God forbid, had a points-based system, people who hit the points. Uh, now you're getting elevated because he's creating a victim class of non-Americans. And that's the mindset yes. of, and this is the guy who's supposed to be well, and, moderate. And, and, and so part of what Bright, where Breitbart has been so important in the movement is writing regularly about this sure. you talk about it for three hours very early yes very <laughs> and early. you're able to do it quite, middle of the night pretty much you know, yeah seriously I mean, 6 a.m like hey but we got the app yes so, so series x but it, it goes all day but what i'm saying is that there's so few organizations though that take these hard ahead of the curve philosophical positions sure and breitbart has done that and so especially the tech issue though yes you guys were out i don't want to say in your skis because that's not fair to say but yeah you were exposed on that in the sense that people are like, why is Breitbart always talking about tech? That's not a big issue. Now it's like everyone's talking about it. It's the cool kids, you know, thing. Yes. And this is the, this is a place where we saw some of the shadow banning very early on. And you reported on it. And we, and we reported on it. We also saw uh, that this is, we also did some math, which is that this is part of the, one of Andrew's lessons, which is that Andrew never accepted that establishment media outlets could be unbiased. He thinks the idea of unbiased news is fraudulent. Um, he says basically that's one of his guiding one of his guiding right? principles. That is in in mm-hmm. the our, our our Magna Carta or our our Bill of Rights at Breitbart would be that that's, that there's that's well a, yeah that, that our, our uh, unbiased press is not um, possible, which is why I always try to state my opinion and then I report mm-hmm. the news or vice versa. But whatever it is, I want people to know exactly where I'm coming from and they can judge me based off of my biases. Fredo will never do that. Jeff Zucker <laughs> will never do that on CNN. Uh, it's a most of MSNBC doesn't even do it. They're given a little credit for it. They don't even really do it. And forget about the papers and the alphabet networks. They all act like the, what they report it, it's, it's gospel. And so this is where uh, the tech industry is somehow we have not applied that standard to them. Yeah, it is one exact- party, one town, a bunch of billionaires. They can't relate to the rest of us. And we're we're hoping they'll be benevolent dictators. They're not. But for the country's sake, you have now activated the conservative base. And look, maybe a couple other institutions I could name, but nothing – you guys took very definitive stands. You published the Google tapes. Yeah, you, sure. You guys I, – I, every time I tune into your show, when I'm up that early and in a car, <laughs> you're talking about it one way or the other. And I can go on and I, I remember you highlighting O'Keefe and all this. Sure. But now you've elevated it to be a top tier issue where you successfully connected the distrust and hatred that people right. have of our news media and say, no, 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 the propaganda is also institutionalized in Silicon yes. Valley. I mean, if you hate DC, the power centers that you eventually said is just because Google is a private company. Right. Does not mean they act any differently than the New York Times. That, that is correct. And it starts from there. And then there's another thing that I think is very important to consider that a lot of people on the right are rightfully concerned about governments meddling in private businesses. Now, uh, first of all, governments don't allow discrimination against people based off the basis of race, sex, uh, religion, stuff like that. So there's already provisions that should protect people mm-hmm. from clear protected discri- classes. Uh, exactly. So it's a so and we have an issue with this thing called section 230 of the Communications Decency Act which allows these 
people or these companies to uh, to behave as though they are are uh, uh, platforms and not publishers. But when Zuckerberg is making editorial decisions like we can't publish the name of the alleged whistleblower uh, single-handedly, it's pretty clear they're functioning as a publisher. That's correct. It, it, and so if they're going to make editorial decisions- and that would be the end of their monopoly. That which, would be the end of their monopoly. Which actually would be a pretty terrific thing if you think about it. So we're not asking for additional regulation as much well, as we're some, asking some for- Some are, and I want to ask you about sure, that yeah. because there is a trust-busting- Yeah community on the right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm for, I, I think that they are an existential threat. So I'm open-minded to whatever. Yeah. So let me ask you, yeah. sorry to interrupt. Who's more powerful, the government or Google? Well, I think the Google, I, I think the Google, I think that was George Bush. That's a, that's a, a, a George Bushism. Well, it could be yeah. called the Google. I, I think point. if not the Google, it collect, I know that's collectively a Google, which owns YouTube, Facebook, which owns Instagram and Twitter together are certainly more popular, more, more powerful so, than, than any government, any government on earth other than maybe the United States just because we're military. But if you actually look but at it though, a lot of our intelligence services yes. use their technology, yeah. have partnerships right. with them. So it's interesting. So if you read, Founding Fathers, you and I yeah. really appreciate. They talked about skepticism of government control. But you look, if you look back before it, though, yeah. they admitted in the Federalist Papers they were really worried about tyranny. Yes. And they were worried about centralized control. Yes. And in that period of time, the furthest extent of their imagination was government. Here is here is another principle I think you'll agree with me on. The left has a wild authoritarian streak. No doubt. And, and there is not an example that you could think before of. Before he yeah. went wherever he yeah. went, Jonah Goldberg was great on this with liberal fascism. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. No, he, yeah. when he was in, in 2012. Yeah, yeah. That's a seminal book. No, I don't no, know it what is. he's it doing is. now, but yeah, he was either. That book was one of the best conservative books written in the last 20 years. And, and the reason why is because he was identifying that the left is consistently authoritarian. authoritarian. Yes. So if you accept that Google and Twitter and Facebook are, it's impossible for them to be unbiased. And if you acknowledge that they're unbiased, they're going to have a bias to the left because they're all on the left. And then the left wants to be authoritarian. It would stand to reason that they're going to make authoritarian decisions. We're seeing that play out over and over again. I could give you a laundry mm-hmm. list. I just recommend people go to Breitbart.com every day. We'll have something every day. Uh, by the way, Wikipedia is in this group and as the, well. Wikipedia is horrible. Horrible. Hor- and, and anything with any political tint to it is loaded with lies. Yes, but you guys have a drumbeat where you cover this every single day. Every single day. So it's a so I would start with focus on Section two thirty of Communications yep. Decency Act. And when you do this, this is not a new regulation. It's fixing a bad one. So for conservatives who don't want point. any more regulations, well, let's start with let's fix the one broken one. No, I know, and I, I I'm open minded. And I think that, but one thing Trump taught us, yeah, is be anti dogmatic. Sure, and I'm with you on that. So. One thing that really bothered me, that Senator and Mitch McConnell's been great on judges. He's been hopefully good on impeachment, right? One thing that really bothered me is he's like, we cannot even have a discussion about tariffs in this country. They're, right? So like, okay, I said, okay, I want to believe you, like, but why can't we? What are you like the thought police? Like, we can't have a discussion on tariffs. I, I'm I'm so opposed to that. I can't even believe to you. You heard him yeah. say something around that though. Like, we will not. We will quell all discussion around tariffs as if it's. Literally the seventh commandment, right? Like that Moses got, yeah. you know, from from God. What do I mean by that? Is okay. We don't want more regulation as one of our principles, but there's times where we violate principles. Of course, at times, right? Yeah. So maybe we should have more regulation. I'm not saying that's what the right thing is to do, right? But some people are saying that. Yes. Um, and they might be right. They might be wrong. Sure. But I think when it comes to this tech issue, if you extrapolate the authoritarian streak that we know to be true. They're all leftists. There's yes, we know that. Zuckerberg's zero. admitted it. Everyone's basically There's zero admitted. Republicans yes. or conservatives. Just does not exist. What's to prevent Google 
from waking up on election day and saying we don't want Donald Trump to be president. There, there's nothing as of now and we've the documented socially this. socially engineer people and they could do that. The leading researcher on this is a guy named Robert Epstein who is a Hillary Important. Clinton – The last name was tough for him but – Yes. It's a it's – <laughs> No, because it's, he's testifying. Uh, uh, ironically, RIP his Google he, results But he's a forever. Democrat, isn't he? Yeah. He's a Democrat, voted for Hillary Clinton and he has noted that Google uh, Cook search. He's, and and they've admitted now that a lot of the algorithm is hand designed. It's not just some sort of robot god that we have to trust with it. As if that's such a great thing anyway. That they've got. You no, know it's a great, interesting point. It's like the left almost worships their whole apparatus. Like some sort of religious entity. Look, this is a huge issue if you're motivated by media bias, and we all are, and we've basically won that battle. Um, the media's approval. and I got I to give Tucker credit. He's been ahead of the curve, and he advocates trust busting. I don't know if I'm there yet, but and and I'm open minded to it because, as I said, I'm not as dogmatic. But I do know that it's a massive problem, and and big hat tip to Tucker on this as well. He's been he's been. Um, incredible on this. Yeah. And he's, again, I don't know where I fall on it, but I think the sense of urgency around it, and I think it's wrong. Some people say we must do nothing yeah. because of our principles. Yeah. And I want to agree with you. Like if we were all chalkboards and bill, just talking in total economic theory, all there, man. Totally. Yes. And, and this is crucial. And sometimes there is cognitive dissonance. It's hard to square a couple of ideas at the same time. Uh, but you, we can be for limited government and also be anti-monopoly, anti-authoritarianism. And when you have companies like Google who are trying to do a rigged search engine for the Communist Party in China right. called Project Dragonfly that they keep reviving, but they won't help our own Pentagon, uh, it's all you need to know. It's but, all you need to know. So, so we have to ask the question, why are we limited government? Why are we? Well, we're limited government because we want our natural rights mm-hmm. to be protected and not infringed upon. Okay. So we're actually really limited power, if you think about it. Yeah. Isn't Google power? It certainly seems very powerful. I don't, I don't think that's that big of a philosophical jump to go from we're actually limited power pro freedom. Yes. So if Google is infringing on freedom, it's such a great way of putting it. And that's what drives me every morning is freedom. And that's what drove Andrew right, every morning. 100%. Yeah. And so that- it's not, I'm a conservative across the board, but I don't wake up in the morning thinking about my conservatism. I wake up in the morning thinking about freedom. Right. And, so and, the conservative and, and prosperity. And for, the freedom yeah. forms our conservatism, yes. basically. Yes. And I'm afraid at times people are now saying my conservatism needs Informs to inform my, my freedom. freedom. Brilliant. Brilliant. And I, I love it. It's bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit in the weeds, but I think people. No, but are- no, but this is, this is a big one. I think this is a big one where it's a people will look back on this conversation and see it as, see it as an important one, I believe. Super Bowl is coming, everybody. 49ers Chiefs, the great Jimmy Garoppolo grew up in Rolling Meadows. I grew up in Wheeling. Uh, we knew each other growing up and it is great to see him in the biggest, most important sports event in America, the Super Bowl. I got the Niners against the Chiefs. I think their running game is unbelievable. The defense is incredible. Patrick Mahomes is a very serious football player. By the way, this is all brought to you by Bet Online. Uh, check out Bet Online right now. Don't forget that promo code podcast one. Bet Online, your uh, sportsbook experts have been great to us here on the Charlie Kirk Show. Got some NBA action. You got Zion Williamson playing again. I don't like watching regular season NBA very much, but I do like watching Zion Williamson. He's awfully entertaining. Hit four threes in the fourth quarter. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans might uh, might have some action in the coming years. New Orleans at Houston. Uh, that'll be interesting to watch. You got Russell Westbrook and many others. You got Portland at, at Lakers uh, with Anthony Davis, Chicago native, and LeBron James. Uh, Utah at Denver Clippers uh, at Lakers. Oh, I guess the Lakers playing twice this week. Anyway, Check it out right now. If you guys want to get in on the action, it's so simple. Go to Bet Online and don't forget that promo code podcast one. Got West Virginia, Texas Tech, Kentucky at Auburn, Illinois.
Illinois at Iowa for some college basketball action. Before you know it, March Madness will be here. So get in on the action. Use that promo code PODCAST1. Uh, bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Go Niners. Go Jimmy Garoppolo. If you guys disagree, do something about it. BetOnline.ag, promo code PODCAST1. So Alex, as I was saying, the our love for freedom should inform our conservatism and our worldview and how we approach these things. And I think at times people say, we have this very specific set of policies that we've grown accustomed to that, of course, is an adjunct to freedom. But now it seems as if that's an excuse to not prevent our freedoms from being infringed upon potentially. Because if Google goes and invades your privacy, Fourth Amendment, kicks you off their platform, First Amendment, all of a sudden says, we're going to change the way you could potentially vote, right? Which is obviously... Oh, they certainly have the ability to manipulate votes, and they've arguably already done it because they were changing the search results. Well, you know when you go to Google, hopefully none of your audience has been recently, but they might recall. Yeah, if unfortunately, you, I use it too much. So, I'll be honest. So, yeah. and, and so many of us are are addicted I use to Gmail. It. It's like it's 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 addictive. It's a great plat. I have to give them credit. The user interface is great and all this, but that's not their innovation. There is not an excuse for the tyranny. Right. So you potential type, tyranny, I should and, say. And look, it's an addictive product and people need to think of it that way so that we have all this, we don't have guilt coming after yeah. other companies that so, create addictive products. And so here's the other thing, Alex, I think that's, I want to look at your take on this. Yeah. So some people on the right say, Oh, I totally agree with the left when it comes to big tech. Right. That we might want to regulate or break it up, so on and so forth. But we need to ask the question, well, why does Elizabeth Warren want to break up big business? Because she, her love of freedom. Or her hatred of big business. Yeah, I'm actually not someone who thinks through the vantage point of Mm -hmm. this is a place of agreement with the left. Maybe it can be, but I see the way Breitbart is treated just for being allowed on Facebook's news feed. And it's all, it's, it's so uh, unnecessarily dramatic by the left. They're just so outraged over it that you would have one outlet that's according to Amazon's Alexa.com, the top five news outlet in the country, Breitbart, that they would, you would be allowed to put their scoops in mm-hmm. your Facebook newsfeed. Why that would be an outrage to people is purely because of political censorship. So I think the left would like more political censorship. I, I guess I agree with the skepticism of business that is engaging in monopolistic practices, which I think is pretty obvious. Um, uh, that, that, that have we, yeah. so here's an interesting thought exercise. Yeah. What happens when business infringes on people's rights. Right. Well, and that's what's happening across the board in these companies is that they're, they've become the de facto arbiters of, let's take the First Amendment, for example, freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have freedom of speech granted by the government, uh, but the vast majority of speech is now taking place in these, pl- in these platforms and you're not allowed to participate in those platforms, mm-hmm. then how do you really have freedom of speech? Then it becomes, sure, I understand there's nuances to that argument, but I'm firmly on the side is we have outsourced the public square to Twitter, Facebook, and Google, and they discriminate pretty much openly Could against you imagine our views. If, because there's so few carriers and conduits to this communication now. Yes. Imagine if United Airlines said Trump supporters aren't allowed on or, our airline. Or, or, you can't go on the plane if you have a Wall Street Journal, and you're and and Breitbart is banned in uh in if, on when, when you're Wi-Fi. on Wi-Fi. Yeah, you. I mean, I think even the left we can see that's probably going a little too far. But that's what's happening. But, it's literally what's happening on these platforms. And I think the 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 interesting piece though is that the authoritarian streak in the left we've all we all have got we, that's been pretty well documented now, right. and that is their that is their true tendency sure. to go towards. I think we on the right 
as conservatives need to be very careful. Anytime someone wants to become an authoritarian on our side, kind of we have to quell that down. Sure, certainly. And that tendency or that temptation exists yes. in humans that want to assume power and want to do things potentially nefarious, so on and so forth. So so let me just say, because this is dangling, just when you would type in a search for Hillary Clinton, for example, Google will prompt you to finish the search and it'll have the, what are presumably the most common searches will, will auto-populate. So you type in Hillary Clinton is, and if you look at our research at, at Breitbart with Dr. Robert Epstein, a Hillary Clinton voter, he noted that Google was manipulating the search results, the prompts, so that it was prompting you to things that were more positive for Hillary mm-hmm. and not the things people were actually searching for. So pro-Hillary searches, they were encouraging you to do that. Now, is that going to affect someone who is listening to a political podcast like yours, Charlie? Probably not. But Mm -hmm. there's 140 million voters out there. And uh, will it affect maybe enough to swing a tight state like a Wisconsin or or a Michigan? Um, you betcha. Yeah. And don't think that Google isn't well aware they have this capability. And we don't even know what they're doing with it. They well, operate completely opaquely, Charlie. And, and it's completely opaque. Here's what I find to be very, what's the right word? Not hilarious, but yeah, I guess that's the right word. That all of a sudden Google yeah. is hiding behind free market talking points sure. that they don't believe in sure. to justify nothing being done to them. Do yeah. you see that? Like all of a sudden they're now helping advance well, we believe in the beauty of the market. You don't, none of your employees believe in that. Right. You guys fund left-wing garbage all over the world. Uh, I mean, the executives do. My default position, my factory setting, when you take me out of the cellophane and put in the AA batteries, is is, is a free market guy. Of course. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's but, instructive to our whole civilization. Yes. But as you noted earlier, I'm not a dogmatist. I, I'm not as someone who is an ideologue. And I... I have a viewpoint and I have nuances to that viewpoint. And I start from free market, but then when you get not only a monopoly and you have that monopoly extend into multiple areas, they really have a monopoly in uh, not just search, but a lot of them, there's, there's, there is cloud monopolies that we're seeing. There is, sure. uh, there's data monopolies. So we need to be very careful on once someone tips into that territory. That we start thinking of them no longer as free market and partially as 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 monopolies. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to provide the details and the information for you to consider at Breitbart.com. And I'm giving you my viewpoint here because we're on podcast. That's that's the format. Uh, but I want to put out the information. And I don't think people are even acknowledging what I mentioned before about um, a project Project Dragonfly, where they literally are working with the communists for a century. China's searching. our greatest enemy, uh, and you guys doubt. have been ahead of the curve on that too. And and remember, you sent reporters out. To recover this, we have we we have been to. Um, I've been to China once. I've been to Hong Kong as well. You've sent and, reporters to Taiwan. Uh, it's a we've had reporters not just in Taiwan but in Hong Kong as mm-hmm. well, uh, reporting from there live. And you know the Hong Kong protesters are doing a heroic thing there as well. China went surpassed Turkey now as the most the, or the least free um, country for journalists. Wow. On planet Earth now. On the whole planet. The whole planet. More than Iran. <laughs> Number one is China now. And if you go there, you can't access – first of all, they're spying on you constantly. Like I did literally to throw away my technology when I brought it back because they're they're gathering the data mm-hmm. at, at an insane level. Um, but then you can't access some of these major platforms yes. uh, because – WeChat, is that correct? And they don't have access to regular Facebook or Twitter. It, and, and it gets, of course, not Facebook or Twitter. And it goes, and even they cut the CNN feed when they were talking about China last week during the debate. All these guys want to go soft on China, and, and China can't even handle 
A soft approach on China. A soft approach on China. And so they are working on a special communist search engine with the Chinese government at Google, who will not work with our Pentagon. And we're supposed to just treat this as, oh, this company is, they're, no, they're benevolent. We trust them completely. They shouldn't have to, what is the algorithm? We don't know what their search algorithm is. We don't, we're not entitled to any of that information. The reason is though, Alex, and this is a good thing and a dangerous thing. Yeah is that the free market ethos has been really built into the conservative movement. I love that. I love that. Yeah, but that's where it, we start from. And and that that starting point has now become unquestioned abidance yeah. to non to not allowing governments ever question intervene at all. Yes. And so that's dangerous potentially. Yes. And and let's start from the fact that they've already intervened. Cuz we're we're Friedman guys, right? Milton Friedman, we Absolutely. love him. Absolutely. Yeah, I, so I start grew up on there. it. I was steeped on it. It's a the but the that's that's where I start. But then from there, I look at the not the theoretical, not what you worry about in a classroom, mm-hmm. but what you worry I'm, about on planet we're Earth. We're much more Aristotelian than we are Platonic in that sense. It's, so. it's a you're gonna have to. That, that's your next book, Charlie. You're okay, have to f- flesh that out. The uh, the <laughs> so so you want to do a column for me on that? I'll do I'll, one. I'll, I'll, I'm I'll sure that it. will be one of the most per- best performing columns. Is the Aristotelian approach? People want the detail, man. They like the detail. They like the history. So it's a, they're not getting in the schools. So the but this is where so you start from a free market vantage point, and then when you go from there, then you can start uh, nipping and tucking along the way. And and that this is a clear instance where you got a monopoly, and they are uh, discriminating against people. So, I, I have two thought. The, my first thought: Why do we not tolerate monopolies? It's because of power. Yes, and power infringes on freedom. That's why we don't like big government too. I mean, we want states' rights. We want right, decentralized. Right, of course. So Absolutely. That's a form of power. Yes. Right? And we tend to not talk about other forms of power that could be centralized and all governing. Right. And so, for example, libertarians, I'm totally with them on this, by the way, hate domestic surveillance, pounding their fist against right. the NSA. I hate it. FISA court abuse, totally on board with it, by the way. I think that the rigid... Endless war community. They love spying on U.S. citizens. They did that to Trump. I think it's disgusting. Yet when it comes to Google spying on us, it's crickets. I'm like, wait a second. That's literally what they're doing. And yes. they're saying, well, it's voluntary transactions and all this. And we haven't brought up of. Amazon, who's got these Alexa devices, and Google's got the Google Home, and all of them are there. They're spying on you right now. We don't know if they're listening. And they're not. manipulating the best books that are all left wing, sure. which is a hu- just a minor thing, but actually can be a really big thing. Of course, it can be a big thing. You guys have been ahead of the curve on China, mm-hmm. ahead of the curve on immigration, right? Ahead of the curve on tech. What are you now? Ahead, what are you ahead of the curve on now? Wow, it's a good question. That that is a that is a, that is a challenge. So because I mean I, I'm 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 hitting hard the tech stuff because this seems like there is a bit of a fissure on the right on a schism. I think if you will, I think I'm going to answer issue. that question for you though. Okay, tell me. And we predicted this somewhat on the Charlie Kirk show. I think a lot of people on the right are now questioning. Money flows to certain candidates and institutions. Yes. Sure. The left has dominated this conversation for right. quite some time. And I think you guys are starting to cover. We don't have to get into specifics, but if you want to, we can. But you guys are starting to say, okay, you have a stated position. Do you believe that position or did you get to that position because of a potential financial contribution. Of course. Yeah. The pay to play element. Yeah. Well, but that we, hasn't been a spirited debate on the right like it has been on the left. No. And in fact, Google has stated that they have a strategy of trying to influence the right by trying to fund them, trying to, to influence Sounds like them. a foreign government. Uh, it sounds like the sort of stuff that's illegal when a foreign government does That's what it. I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. And so, but in the United States, we call lobbying. 
and uh, Google is now the biggest lobbyist in DC, and the other tech giants will follow suit. Are uh, they and, really the biggest lobbyists? Yeah, they're now the biggest lobbyists. How much they've, do they spend? 18, 19 million? Uh, I don't have more. the data, but they've yeah. surpassed the trial lawyers and the education system. So I want everyone which is to understand the that universities. Point. Yeah. It's so profound. Yeah. So money and politics, that conversation is typically dominated by the left. Yeah. And I've been saying for the on the Charlie Kirk show, I'm like, money and politics is the issue yeah. on the right that Donald Trump won on without ever talking about it. Facebook has multiple floors of new office space in adjoining buildings that I think are connected through some sort of a mystery mm-hmm. walkway now in the middle of town in DC. I mean, th- these guys are moving into town and they're trying to And that's be, where the wealth is. That's where the, well, the wealthiest of cor- counties of in America. Yeah, well, this has been DC. another one where we've been Ahead uh, of the curve. at the forefront of that, noting how uh, the DC, the, see, this is something that if you want to go deep in history, uh, de Tocqueville wrote about one of the few flaws. He loved our system, but one of the flaws he noted was it was going to inevitably pull the brightest minds towards DC and towards the capital. And then a lot of, there was going to be a huge overemphasis on that. Very interesting. Very I did int- not know that. Yeah. It, it, for uh, people I don't know, it's Alexis de Tocqueville, who was an observer of our system from yeah. France and ended up being a huge admirer. Uh, yeah, of course. And, and, but he did know. He that came as a skeptic too. She certainly did. And, and a, one of the most incredible, um, uh, uh, people to, to, to learn about those of you who want a recommendation, younger people out there. Um, but one of the things he, he did, wor- he did warn a little bit that there seems like the system was designed in such a way so that it was going to pull the brightest minds and the most ambitious people to, uh, Washington to join up with the federal government. And I think we're seeing now that neither political party seems to take fiscal responsibility seriously. Well, that's, that's um, another thing. I mean, and, and the, it's the richest area in the country. I, I, trust me, traffic's not great. Uh, golf courses so aren't great. You live there? Uh, I do live there. The, the weather is fine. It's not compared to, I grew up in LA, not, not exactly the same. It, it, it is, people are drawn to it because that's where the action is. And there is a de-emphasis on local communities. There's a de-emphasis on states' rights. Uh, this is not a good thing. Well, and it's nothing new. So I talk about in, in my book. Yeah. In the decline of the Roman Empire, the same exact thing happened in Rome. Same exact thing that the city states had the, had very good entrepreneurs for hundreds of years and Rome, became the corrupt capital that if you wanted to do anything, you would come to Rome, barter, sure. lie, cheat, and steal to be, end up getting close to eventually the Roman emperor because right, it right. Descended, transitioned from a republic to an emperor. This is, this is predictable. The founders tried to prevent this. Yes. They did. And for a while, they did. Yeah, for, they've done a darn, darn good job on the whole, but imperfect. And there's a lot of reasons why I, I think our, our money supply, fiat currency, and also... Our budgeting process is so ridiculously out of control. Well, you, you know what my only political passion is, is the hatred of the omnibus bills. The fact that we pass $1.4 trillion. Let's, can we talk about that? I mean, I mean, sure. I think it's the most offensive thing that we do in Washington, that we pass $1.4 trillion at a time. No one ever intended it to be this way. Uh, this is why we're, our, our budget's so bloated. Mm-hmm. It's a, you, we can't pass something basic unless you give some specific member some specific kickback. And we never know what's in it until long after it's passed. And there's not a single person in Washington with any authority who, who stands up to well, this. And so- the, the way I look at omnibus bills, it should be the same as criminal proceedings. Yeah. Where people say that you're innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. I look at it the opposite. A sure. bill should be guilty until proven That's innocent. Right. That you should be a no vote to a yes. And what they do is they, they lump things that are very hard to say you voted against. Yes. Such as veteran fund, things we care That's about. That's right? Right. Yeah, they frame it. Right. Yeah. Things that have legitimate right. claims and they lump it in with a bunch of other. So you got to take your medicine, but you also got to take this garbage with it. Like, yes. Okay. I guess I will because it'll keep me going. Um, and the size of scope, the size and scope of government continues. Yeah. In all the wrong ways. Uh, that That's right. And it, until we stop. 
the way this is passed, we're going to continue to rack up insane amounts of debt, which we've decided, at least for the time being, no one really cares about our debt or deficit in Washington, which is- Which um, is one of our greatest threats to the whole country. It's a threat. It's a threat. So I'm not a- huge hawk on this. I think that there's, it's okay to run a bit. I tend to be more of the hawkish, but. But we're getting, it's getting out of control. A trillion dollars a year? We're, we're, we're pushing it now. And there's not, there's no momentum to do anything to reform this in Washington. There's none. No one has it. And there was though. There was. The Tea Party movement was a movement around Budgets, the budgets being balanced, and that's correct. And you know, Romney had the deck clock in the rafters when he ran for president in 2016. How'd that go? Not great. Well, but it, it, it's horrible political messaging because people say, "I don't know what the heck that is." Yeah, I mean, and and cutting in entitlements is, is basically seen as throwing away votes, and it's it's tough. I'm not saying that there's an easy solution. I'll tell you though, there is one major major problem, and that's those omnibus spending bills. Uh, it's, well, and our foreign wars too. Well, and I think um, – I forget if we brought this up earlier in the conversation, but with the revelation about Afghanistan, I mean how much waste – Well, God bless President Trump for actually talking about this honestly yeah, though. Yeah, sure. And, and, and for the Republicans that continue to advocate for the continual occupation in Afghanistan, you have a lot of, you have a lot of questions to answer. It's impossible now. I, I don't see how you can Especially do it. Especially we're $22 trillion in debt. We got kids that can't read in inner cities yes. of Baltimore. We're sending $5 billion a year to Afghan security forces that go kill our own people. Uh, it's the <laughs> it's, – it's the – fact that we enabled this for so long, but with no oversight also with all these great journalists who are so focused on one hoax after the next, one lie after the next from the president, uh, that why did it take so long to break, to break these stories? It's the, uh, it's a shame. Um, but it does show you a huge reason why that it's very hard to stop the spending. Once you start it, no one is coming to Washington, joining up with a bureaucracy, uh, and saying, well, I'm going to cut my own power and budget. It, it's a, there's a few people, but no one's doing that. And, and that's why, I mean, we got to start a, again. I'm a freedom guy, so I'm tend to be negative on term limits. I tend to be negative. I'm on, very positive on term limits, but now I'm positive on okay, term limits. So <laughs> this is what I'm saying. I'm a term limit yeah. guy now. I didn't come to Washington sure. as a term limit guy. It, now I'm a term limit guy. Are you guys suffering under endless student loan debt? Uh, here's, here's what you guys need to understand. There is a solution out there for you called Credible. Has the cartel of the colleges lied to you and now you have unsustainable amounts of student loan debt? This is why Credible exists. Credible.com is an online marketplace that gets you pre-qualified student loan refinancing rates from up to 10 different lenders. Uh, they help get people out of student loan debt. If you've got student loan debt, you could benefit. Uh, they help refinance your student loans to a lower rate. With a lower rate, you could save on interest or lower your monthly payment. Uh, and with a shorter loan term, you could get debt-free faster. You can consolidate all your student loan bills in one place. You can get serious peace of mind. Credible customers have given awesome reviews about how much better their lives have been after refinancing their student loans. On Credible, you see actual pre-qualified rates from up to 10 different lenders, whereas most of these other ridiculous marketplaces, they'll just get ballpark estimates. I'm telling you right now, you got to check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to check rates. So if you have student loans, I'm telling you, this is a great solution. And guess what? Checking rates doesn't impact your credit. They'll never sell your data, so you won't receive spam and phone calls from dozens of lenders. So right now, visit Credible.com slash Charlie. That's Credible.com slash Charlie, C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E.com slash Charlie. When you refinance your student loans via Credible, they'll give you a $200 gift card. Fill in other pieces of info to check out what rates you're eligible for. Again, that is Credible.com slash Charlie. Refinance your student loans and start saving. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. 
and deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. I told this to a young lady running for Congress, and she totally disagreed. I said, you, yeah. you should run on... Lobbyists should not be able to, able to contribute more than $1 to a campaign. Uh-huh. All lobbying should be only be able to done through 8 a.m. through 3 p.m. Filmed, not the conversation, but filmed in a public gymnasium so everyone can see who's meeting with who. And if you even meet or talk to a lobbyist, any communication, it's imprisonment and a felony. Wow. Um, no foreign, anyone who lobbies for a foreign government should not be able to contribute to a campaign. That's what embassies are for. You go and lobby for, you go and lobby for a foreign government. You're lobbying for God knows whatever country. Why are you able to? Con- that, 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 it's literally the, the foreign countries giving you that money to give yes. that money. It's just it's just this one step. Term limits would be a good start. Make English the official language. All this kind of st- I like that. That's that's a separate but yeah, very like important it. thing. But you talk about this campaign finance ethics. That message, Alex. Yeah, wins. So let me go back to your question about. And I'm gonna I'm gonna think through everything you said there because it's because because it's aggressive. Yeah, it it is, and you're a little ahead of me on that one. So I'm gonna. Uh, but I think that's where the country's going, and that's where the movement needs to go. So uh, to answer your question, I think what my obsession has been, and a lot of this is connective tissue with the stuff we've talked about with immigration and mm-hmm. with um uh, the big tech censorship. But I think if there's one thing we're on where we've been really ahead of right now, uh, which is so crucial in an election year, is the how far left the Democrats have gone and how they're no longer liberals. Yeah, I want to talk to you about this. Yeah. And, and and this is this is new. It's a the Medicare for all stuff, the open embrace of socialism, the uh, confiscation of additional wealth via wealth tax. The churches can't practice their religious beliefs. Uh, absolutely. The uh, abortion no longer safe, legal and rare third trimester even fourth trimester that abortion rates should be higher than birth rates type stuff. It, it applaud your abortion now. Now we're applauding. It gets applause in the New York City State House. You wonder a, why they lose Ohio. So that's why they lose Ohio. <laughs> and and this means that Trump now I think has a path to literally 400 electoral votes yeah. because of this stuff. But it also means that if he loses, we're we're completely screwed. We're going to see a I totally radical, agree. radical, radical change. They're so foolish because if I were to run a candidate against Trump. It would, I would take Elizabeth Warren's campaign finance reform plank. I would take Trump's immigration policy mm-hmm. and adherence to the veterans and the flag. And I would take just a moderate position on economics. And I put those three things together and you would have, Trump would have a hard time against that. Interesting. If, if the Democrats became in the right, best possible way, more nationalistic. Right. So this argument would, the Bernie Sanders argument that he used to make, we got to take care of our people. We got to close off our borders. He said to Ezra Klein back in 2016, why would we bring all these people from across the world when our kids can't even eat? Like that was his stated position. So what I'm saying is that a socialist that actually cares about the American people, yeah. I don't agree with that, by the That's way, right. Right, is way more politically dangerous to us than mixing international globalism and Marxism. That's, that's, that's hard. Yeah. But someone in Iowa would say, you know what? Hell yes. Why are there billionaires? I've been suffering. Sure. Also, let's close the borders and I can keep my guns. Yes. You, you understand what right, I'm but, articulating here? But they're not here? picking and They're not going to do this because the universities run the, the Democrat yeah, party. Yeah, and I mentioned this that the I do I mentioned this during my talk uh with with you at Turning Point uh, the to the group that I'm very sympathetic to younger people in particular who are concerned that they don't see a level playing field. They got saddled with this racket uh with student debt the cartel. And it, it it really is a criminal. I mean, I, I don't see how it's not it, it's, it's racketeering. 
thing. Is it, what it is. It's Rico. It's a. Th- th- that's what it should be because and and the discussion of forgiveness of the student debt. By the way, not mortgage debt, not food debt, not uh, this is the, not medical debt. This is the only debt we're going to forgive. Is the the uh, 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 gender studies degree from Wesleyan debt? Like that's that's the the debt that you get forgiven. That is just a kickback to the universities. Of course it is. I mean, it, and it you're, is you're, enabling you think them. They borrow us less all after and, that. Exactly. They screwed us all, and the government backed them. By up. By the way, it's an unbelievable insult. Yes. To kids that work their way through college, it, it sure is. But by the way, I came out of college with ten thousand dollars in debt, manageable, which I, which I paid down. And um, so, uh, what, what do you get? Your debt's gone now. Do you get a rebate? Gone. No. <laughs> uh, the, the, it's right. Exactly. And and by the way, I have a vested interest because my wife. Went to medical school, so, so so she's got a big. Does she still have student loan debt? Oh, she's got a ton because she just got out. So, of medical but you know, friends so, that also still have debt that um, you went to school with, of course. And I know I would benefit from it instantly. And it doesn't. I still think it's a totally toxic idea because all that money will do is go back to the universities that got us yes. into this mess to begin with. But if if the if the Democrats were smart, which thankfully they're not, they that position they could they could keep. It's a dumb position, but it's politically favorable with young people. Yeah. But where they're really going, and this is where the Republican Party is so wrong, they think, oh, we're going to beat them on just economics. Sure. You're wrong. The socialist's biggest vulnerability is life. It's this transgender nonsense. Yes. It's the confiscation of guns. It's the attack on the church and it's open borders. So the, that's where their vulnerability is. And this is one thing we, we, the, the cultural stuff performs, um, as well as anything at, at Breitbart. And when you start seeing people like Twitter, for example, or, or entities like Twitter, and I mentioned this in my speech again, that I said that I can say a man is a man is a woman and a woman is a woman at Turning Point USA. I can even say, I uh, can go beyond that. And I can say, I think it is a travesty that we are depriving uh, young girls the opportunity Amen. to compete against young girls. 100%. They have, now have to compete in fact, against. I can make the argument it's immoral. I, I would make the argument it's immoral. I agree with you on that. And yet, if I tweeted that exact sentiment- You could, you could be banned. You might be I banned. could get banned from Twitter. So, and it, this is an anti-science position. The global warming stuff is all, it's all anti-science. There's no way that you can have, we're going to mortgage the entire economy on a Green New Deal. Uh, John Carney, who's our economic and finance editor at Breitbart, did a calculation and he's not positive that the original version, the AOC version of the Green New Deal, there is enough money on planet Earth if we confiscated every dime on the planet. So there's, there's, not, the even, there's not even a currency pool big enough. There's not. There's not, there's not enough money out there to do because we have to rebuild every building in the United States. Like it's the. You're talking about restructuring the entire like asset pool. Uh, it's a hundred percent. And so this is not, there, there's nothing scientific well, it's about it. It's very this. Keynesian. We're all dead in the long run. It's, 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 I guess so. I guess so. So it's, um, and you start seeing this extremism, um, where they're insisting that sex is not real, that, um, these are the issues that Republicans have to run on. Yes. Have, and absolutely. I feel like I, I talk to these Republicans and th- this is coming from an organization that primarily in our mission statement is a free market constitutional conservative organization. Sure. Understand that. But, we, we don't shy away from these issues at all in the slightest. Yeah. If we think we're going to win the election by convincing people that we need lower corporate tax mm-hmm. rates, we're going to get run. Yes. Yeah. And I'm generally. And I love pro, corporate tax rates. Yeah. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm pro tax I think cut. they should be 0%. Fine. But, but we do need to relate to people who are not growing up with the same level of, they don't have the same drive because the hope is so low that they'll be able to sort of Look, earn their they way. They have a methadone clinic down the street. Yeah. They're seeing their wages stagnate in their communities for a variety of different reasons. Yeah. 
their viewpoints are disappearing from social media that they might resonate with because they're getting shadow banned or whatever it might be. Now, should they play the victim? Absolutely not. Right. That's not an excuse to say I deserve free stuff or anything. Do they have valid concerns? Yeah. Very valid. And I think as a movement, we need to start addressing this. And if you want to talk about something that's down the road, a lot of people in the younger uh, uh, generations of conservatives, the economic messaging, particularly of why these big companies don't pay any taxes and why, uh, uh, the, the, why there are such, uh, wealthy people when it is, does seem so hard to get a leg up from the lower, uh, rungs right now. I think we do need to adjust some of our messaging to make sure to communicate to those people. Yeah, because look, I, I, I resonate with. That. I mean, yeah. When we say, because some people say, well, Amazon pays zero percent in income, corporate income tax, right? And the responsibility they play, they pay FICO, which is true. They pay property, which is true. They pay yeah. all that sort of stuff. However, um, a young conservative will say, but they hate me. Yes. Like, so you're trying to tell me my dad, who owns a machinery company with five employees in Waterloo, Iowa. Mm who's paying 19% corporate income tax. Yes. Meanwhile, I'm being told by the Democrats, you can't go to church anymore, post-birth abortions, yeah. right? Transgender nonsense. That our message is, oh, we should just... That's what I'm saying. Economics, of course, is very important. You and I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. The failure, and this is why Trump is so no, good. The, the cultural stuff is... is he he says, to Merry out. Christmas again, yes. and all that sort of stuff. This is... And this is big. Did you catch that um, Biden in his Christmas answer at the most... Recent debate impersonated a stuttering child. That did. That did. You mean me. the I, 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 I? Yeah, yeah. That was that was during his. He was supposed to give a Christmas message. That oh, was that point. right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's just an aside. I think it's. I, I think it means very much. But it was. It, it it did amuse me a lot. But this is. So I'm all for rethinking some of that messaging. But I'm generally a limited government guy. And the main thing for me is when the government starts confisc- confiscating more money, where are they going to put it? They're going to put it. Warren was Green New Deal. Garbage. Green New Deal. Warren was universal preschool, which means they start indoctrinating our kids with terrible education and yeah, at three instead of four. I mean, it's a, okay. So it's, these are very winnable top to bottom. I'm not seeing huge vulnerabilities for the right at this moment issues wise. Um, and I think the cultural stuff is home run issues for the right, but the stakes could not be higher. And this is why the fight has to be so intense. And we have this to be year. united though. That's the other thing. And I mean, we don't, we don't spend much time. I know we're running low on time, but squabble, even when I disagree with people yeah. on the right, I don't engage. Yeah. The squabbling and bickering, the left loves that. Right. And you said the stakes could never be higher. Sure. And, 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 and for Breitbart, you know, we really took the establishment to task on the right and we've criticized Republicans more than we've criticized. Sure. Which is healthy. D- Democrats, or at least as much. Yeah. And so I don't know if we're the ones to say that it's time for a kumbaya moment, but I do think that there is a, we should be careful on some of this stuff yeah. because strategically, a lot of us are near the same place. Well, we tried to exhibit here yeah. at our conference where you have, we had five speakers or four or five speakers that signed the against Trump letter here. And now at this That's conference- That's too many. But here's the, <laughs> hold on. Here at this conference, not one of them said one negative thing about oh, the president. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Okay. So something's changed, right? And so that demonstrates- a magnanimous movement. Yes, right? that's right. So, Alex, we're, we're, uh, really enjoyed this conversation. I, we should do this more often. Uh, Charlie, I'd love to. Great. Thanks, man. Really <laughs> Thank appreciate you, it. Thank you, sir. Thanks. 
What a great sit down that was with Alex Marlowe. Again, make sure you guys are subscribed and email us your questions. Freedom at charliekirk.com. That's freedom at charliekirk.com. Uh, give us those five star reviews. Press subscribe. And if you guys want to get involved with Turning Point USA, check out tpusa.com. That's tpusa.com. If you want to start a chapter, attend an event, chip in some money, tpusa.com. We got a huge episode coming later this week. We're going to make some exclusive news. So make sure you guys are subscribed. Give us those five star ratings. Leave us a review. Thank you guys so much for listening and uh, stay tuned. This week is going to be a big one. Thanks so much. Hey, what's happening, man? It's Tip T.I. Harris. Come check me out, man. Join me on my new podcast called Expeditionally. Exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, every week I'm going to be talking to people who move the culture forward, who are shaping and changing the world in their own way. You're going to hear some shit that will change your life and move the needle in your world. Expeditionally is exclusively available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now, what I need you to do is download and subscribe to Expeditionally with a new episode dropping every Thursday. Do it expeditiously. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. New to Medicare? Start now. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about some of the top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. If you're thinking about a Medicare Advantage plan, MyHealthPolicy.com is a great place to go to find a plan that meets your needs. Learn more about your options. Even talk with a licensed insurance agent. MyHealthPolicy.com. New to Medicare? Go to MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, you can compare plans from some of the nation's top insurers. Start now to find a plan and apply online. MyHealthPolicy.com makes it easy to find a Medicare Advantage plan in your area, including plans for $0 a month in plan premiums, low out-of-pocket costs, and expansive provider networks. My decision, my Medicare, MyHealthPolicy.com. Com.